0: So I get to do premarital counseling here, and I I enjoy it. There's several sessions it's largely the same thing. And uh, in one of those sessions, we, we spent an entire session talking about fighting style. What is your fighting style? You typically learn your fighting style by watching other people fight. But it's important that each of the two understand what this couple's characteristic fighting style is going to be. Alex and Lauren, probably my favorite uh, story, where this is concerned. Alex and Lauren were both college scholarship athletes and uber competitive, over the top competitive, dangerously competitive. When they fought, it was loud. It was loud and it could rattle the walls. And so, as a part of of my process with them, I convinced them that there was some real wisdom in always fighting while sitting down. You must sit down to fight. I don't I don't think fighting is necessarily bad for a marriage. I think how you fight can be bad for a marriage, but that you would fight is not necessarily bad for a marriage. I think I think it all comes with the vows, right? For better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, sickness and health. I mean the vows that we speak in a moment of covenant, are not really spoken for the best days. It's for the worst days. Um, I don't know how many of you are ordained. I don't know how many of you are headed toward ordination. But if you are ordained, or if you are headed toward ordination, I want you to hear me say something. I want you to cling to these vows as you would marriage vows I, I want you to cling to them um, the same way you would marriage vows John are you equating our relationship to the church with marriage only only because the Bible does <laughs> <laughs> and I want you to think through your fighting style as those vows. Are embodied. Because it's not a bad thing to fight. How you fight might be a bad thing, but that you would fight is not necessarily a bad thing. So as I have had opportunity to sit with other people to think through where we are as a denomination, uh, in a couple different settings, Jason's already mentioned the Bestest Park and You sit around the table with with folks long enough, eventually somebody's going to say, we kind of lose youngish people. What are we going to have to do to stem the tide and bring some of them back? And by the way, and some of them are ministers. Uh, Don't raise your hand, but I bet a bunch of you know ministers that no longer identify with the church of the Nazarene. Here here is the the theme and perhaps the title of what I want to say to you today. Please stay and fight. Please stay and fight. Because fighting can be really good for a covenant. Now, how you fight matters. So I guess it begs the question, Uh, As we understand ourselves to be part of a larger people group, how do, how, what is our fighting style? How do we fight? What, what are the symbols that tell us how we are to go about being, who we are supposed to go about being? And I have some silliness uh, that I want to put up in front of you. These are some of the worst uh, team, and if you've heard this before, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but uh, these are some of the worst team names that I could find. Number 10. Uh, the Evergreen State College Geo Ducks. I believe we have a picture of the Geo Duck. Yep, that's what a Geo Duck is. <laughs> uh, number nine, University of Evansville Purple Laces, just not scary. Number eight, Graves Harbor College Chokers. <laughs> I want to play them every week. I want to play the Chokers every week. The locks Beach State Dirtbags. Again. Number six, this is a good one. The Polka Dots. And, <laughs> This is the frightening dot right there, there it is. <laughs> Number five, uh, the pace setter's great. Number four, the uh, keep it clean, this is the Hoopiston corn jerkers, okay? <laughs> Number three, oh, here's the corn jerker, there you go. Number three, this is a true story. <laughs> uh, the, high, the high school in Hooker, Oklahoma, used to be called the Horny Toes. And, Sorry. The students went to the principal and said, seriously, <laughs> can we something? And so now they the hooker Bulldogs. box, amen. Number two, Scott's Fighting to Chubs. again, not scary. And then you see some of banana slugs and get it out right here. <laughs> Our mascot because you want you want mascots to communicate something about you and especially if you're all kind of puffed up with power. Like you 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 may want your symbols your mascot your logo to communicate something threatening to your opponents right do I have any Enneagram people out there? <laughs> I'm an ape with a guilty conscience. (laughs) And what that means is uh, I have to work hard. I have to work hard to do conflict well. So when I say stay and fight, you need need to hear me say two things. I mean that, first of all. I mean stay and struggle, stay and fight. And, And perhaps you're asking me now. Uh, you're asking yourself, does he mean stay at, his, at, your, at your local church or stay with the church, capital C, Church of the Nazarene? And my answer is yes. Now, there are exceptions. But my answer is yes. There is something about staying. There's something about staying. And there's some things that you can do when you stay But you can't do otherwise. Now, In order to stay, you will have to fight. In order to stay, you will have to fight. And you're gonna have to decide at some point what kinds of symbols you want to communicate, who you're going to be, and how you're going to go about fighting. Next slide, Brandon. This is the New Zealand All Blacks. Before every game, they do what's called the Haka. And um, let's see if you can figure out what it is that they hope to do with this hot guy. Ready? First, Something about it that appeals to the eight in me that wants to win. And so when I say I think we need to and we ought to, and I should and you should, we all should stay and fight, I'm working against that. I'm working against that. Trying not to be a person, hear me say, that's not a great way to stay <laughs> and fight. Next slide. So I, I found something, it's my favorite book of the Bible. I mean, by far my favorite book of the Bible. And, and I, I should tell you though, I don't, I don't I'm, I'm not a left behind guy, sorry. I, I don't believe that, uh, yeah, yeah, you're upset. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm not someone who believes that God scoops up all the good people and takes them somewhere else. I don't believe that we go to God. I believe that God in all God's fullness comes here. And finishes what God started. I think that's what scripture says. And not just the book of Revelation. I think that's the testimony of scripture. That God is not making all new things. But God is what? Making all things new. How? How? Well, we know it will have something to do with this Jesus character. That we will hear about. In this passage of scripture. Now let me tell you where this takes place. In the book. We have had Jesus. the Resurrected Jesus show up on John the Revelator's doorstep and essentially read him the right act saying you've got a message to get out to all the churches because we won. We won. Do not act if we won. And you need to get up and fight. You need to get up and fight in characteristic sorts of ways. Tell all the churches, all seven of them, which means all of them, tell all of the churches that we are to fight, fight, fight. And some of them do well and some of them don't. Some of them resist faithfully and some of them don't. But the challenge, the charge to all of them and all of us is to fight well, fight well. And so that's chapter 1 and then chapters 2 and 3. Those are the letters to the seven churches. And then you have this giant worship service that erupts in chapter 4 and lasts on into chapter 5. And this is sort of at at a pause in this giant worship service. It's going to pick up later on in the chapter, but just watch what happens here. Then I saw on the right hand of the one seated on the throne a scroll written on the inside and on the back sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? Okay, before we go any farther, what in the world is on this scroll? Well, not sure. There are a lot of opinions and i and i'll tell you kind of where i land having surveyed the landscape of, of commentators and, and studying there's been a lot said already at this point in the book there's been a lot said about people who suffer though they are on the winning side people who suffer and, and they don't just suffer they die they die and so there are a lot of other people seeing all of this take place who are asking the very human chronically normal question why Where's the truth in all of this? If in fact we've won, then why does this continue to happen? Why, why, why? There is a, a why, but it's soaked, soaked with anguish. And I align myself with the people who say that somehow in that scroll there's an answer to the why, but also to the how. How do we move forward? This being what it is, if, if in fact we're all on the winning side, doesn't look like it by the way, but how are we supposed to move into the future? You're saying stay and fight, Lord, and we hear that, but how do we go about doing that? Why has this happened and how do we move forward? I think that's it's on the scroll. Next slide. However, no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it, and so John began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. Next slide the elders said to me do not weep. see the lion of the tribe of Judah the root of David has conquered so that he can open the scroll and it's seven seals Whoa. now there's our first indication here of what might end up fingers crossed being our mascot because <laughs> lions are super cool <laughs> and lions are huge right and lions are sometimes understood as the what? The kings of beasts. Yes. Get that hawker ready, because. Oh, lions. I love lions. I love Lufasa. I love what Simba grows up to be. I love all of it. But they're just, these are just some pictures that are, these are actual photos of lions, and I love everything about them. I love lying so much that there's a sense in which I want to grow up to be a lion. Because I still struggle with this mindset. It's not good theology. Warning. It's coming now. It's not good theology. I still struggle against this mindset that this is how to get things done. Here's how you get things done. Be bigger than your competition. Be stronger than your adversary. Gut your adversary. Eat your adversary. Here's the problem. I also love Jesus. So while this this really appeals to me, and while I say to you, Stay and fight. Stay and fight. Stay in fight. You need to know that I'm always beating that particular version of me back. Wow, don't look at me like that. You're the same way. A lot of you the same way. A lot of you love your lions, especially if you are the lion. Or if the person that you've kind of hitched your wagon to is the lion. Some of you kind of like the sound of stay and fight because somebody gets bloody and it's probably not you. But lions don't open the scrolls. Lions. Hear this. Hear this. don't, the lions can't reveal the truth is bound up in this Christ character. Watch this. Then, so they all kind of get out of the way. Okay, announcing, announcing, announcing the lion, and in what is in all of literary history one of the most jarring moments that you will ever see. Watch this. They all, they make a path like this. They all kind of line up on either side, and they're waiting for this giant lion to come down here and chomp the scroll. Watch out, giant angel, because here comes that lion. Then I saw between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders a lamb standing as if it had been slaughtered. Having seven horns means, it's what Revelation's way of saying, this is real strength, all the strength. And seven eyes, which is Revelation's way of saying, this lamb understands, sees it all. Seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Next slide. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of the one who was seated on the throne. And as it turns out, this slaughtered lamb opened the scroll. Now, you may not sense it, but this whole chapter works really hard to depict the people as being anxious for a lion. And then, in their fervor, in their anticipation for the lion, they get a slaughtered lamb. This is a real shot across the bow for the organized religion of the day that still tried to understand power is the way to get what you want. Power is the way to get things done. Power (coughs) Lions as our chief fighting style. Mocking all of those people like me. Mocking all of those apes. <laughs> Mocking all those people who really wrestle with this inclination to overpower. Getting me to this fever pitch where I can't wait to see Aslan stomping down the path, right? Get me to that point and then jerk the rug out from underneath my feet, and who walks down the aisle? But it's not just the slaughtered lamb, but in the original language, it is the always being slaughtered lamb. You guys, that's how our hero fights. You still on board? That's how our champion Fights by refusing to resort to the violence that I so desperately want him to resort to, by absorbing and outlasting the other, whoever the other might be, absorbing and exhausting the blows of the other so that all that remains is love. All right. Quick sidebar. Um, When I'm talking to a a married couple and I'm using this kind of language to talk to them about their covenants and talk about a healthy fighting style. Here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that the woman who is being beaten should stay there and continue to be beaten to the glory of God. Because to stay there and be beaten is to continue to put that other person in a position to sin against you because he is sinning against you. And so there's a real sense in which you've got to get out of there and not only save your own face, but to save his soul in some sense, right? So, in the same way, I am not calling you, I am calling you to stay and fight. I am not calling you to stay and be abused. Be very careful, though, using that word. Don't demean all the other people who have been abused by using that word too flippantly or freely. But it does happen. Churches do it, abuse people. You've seen it, I've seen it, and some of those people leave and don't ever come back, and you know what? Can't blame them. So let stay and find, make sure you don't call suffering abuse until it is. Okay, back in this room. Next slide. Excellent. Have you seen this? I I love the story, the origin story of this particular image. I also kind of like all the ways it's been parodied. Like, there's this one. That's all right. There's another that says, Keep calm and call Batman. As it turns out, this is a World War II poster. A World War II poster. And this was a way for the crown, important term, to say to the public at large here's how we will remain. Here's how we will resist. Here's how we will survive to the next part of our future. Keep calm and carry on. Stay and fight. It's a good thing to stay and fight. That you fight is a good thing. How you fight demonstrates whether or not you're on the team. Tay and five. In a local context. Man, there's nothing like longevity, I promise. <laughs> the harsh reality is I started here before some of you were born. Oh, that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm in my 27th year here because I started when I was six, you guys. (laughs) And there have been some fights. There has been bloodshed. And man, look at my staff. And folks who have been with me for a long time, there's been Mm -hmm. blood. 27 we couldn't have done in year 25 sure. and we're making dents in year 27 we could not have made in year 26 yeah. we have stayed it's not just me a group of folks we will have three sabbaticals in one year because we've had folks stay so long together um, because we all and we help one another we help one another to maintain the proper fighting posture, which is personal Christ. So I do mean stay as best you can. Short of being abused, there's no testimony in you being abused. Do you understand that right? Not for the woman in an abusive relationship, and not for the pastor in an abusive relationship. There's no testimony in that. But short of abuse, man, there's no substitute for staying. And fighting, fighting well. So I do mean that about the local context, but I also mean it about your church, and I'm about the land, so we're about done. The T-shirt, and I love the phrase on t T-shirt, which is there's space at this table. Now, the assumption in the T-shirt is, right, I mean there are some tables where there's not spaces. I know that you feel that sometimes. I know you do. And here's why you feel that sometimes, because that's true. <laughs> and it's not always a chronological issue. Sometimes it's just the way institutions and or organizations work. The older people are gonna get the seats at the table and the younger people are gonna wait their turn. That's just the way it works sometimes, right? And I, you know, it's probably always gonna work that way to some extent. It's not just chronological, is it? It's also ideological. And and perhaps, um, as it has to do with the ideological fight, maybe this is where it's most, most crucial. That you do not do damage to our fighting style, the reputation that we should have with our fighting style. Here's what I'm saying. Don't fight them like lions. Fight them like always being slaughtered lambs. And I know. Please don't think this is cliche. And I know there are times it takes more strength to fight that way than to fight as a lion. And so what you need is you'll need to know people praying for you. you will. You'll need to know that you're not alone and you aren't. And you'll need to know that there's at least some hope of the future and there it is. And there it is. Stay and fight, y'all. It's a good thing to fight. How you fight is all the